Welcome to the Underscore Transformation podcast. My name's Jason West, and joining me again this week is Lucy Finney, who heads up leadership development at Underscore. Lucy, welcome, and thanks again for coming along. Thanks, Jason. It's good to be here. So if you missed last week's episode, we're putting the Transformation podcast on pause for a few weeks to focus on crisis management. Now, COVID-19 has raised some stark questions about technology, supply chains, staffing, leadership, sustainability skills and resilience. Now, these questions won't go away when the virus abates and many need to be addressed right now. Last week, we talked about some of the practical steps you can take to best manage your response to a crisis and navigate a path through to recovery. This week, we're going to get a bit more personal and talk about the psychological and emotional impact a crisis has on us as individuals and also on uh, members of our teams. Specifically, we're gonna delve into the really fascinating area of mental toughness and how we can apply learning from this field of academic study to better manage a crisis. So Lucy, what exactly is mental toughness and where did it come from? Mental toughness is um, used today to determine how individuals will perform when exposed to stress, pressure and challenge. It's actually frequently used to refer to any set of positive attributes that help a person to cope with difficult situations. Now, I really like that definition because I, the way I describe mental toughness, it is something that um, has been growing over time as a field of, of study and a field of thought. It actually emerged from the sports arena and the uh, in the sort of back in the 90s where we were outdoor um, pursuits and so on were used to develop people and leaders, there was thought emerged there on on what it is to be mentally tough. And from that, it was actually taken across into the business area um, by a series of researchers, which actually brought it to to the guy that actually coined the first phrase mental toughness was a guy called Jim Jim Lower. And he he actually is a um American athletics coach. And he became the first person to sort of say that if I was to define mental toughness, he said it's the ability to consistently perform towards the upper range of your capabilities, regardless of circumstance. So it's something about consistently performing at that upper range. And I think that's where it came from sport, as I say, and he was a sports coach, came into the outdoor pursuits world and then came across into the business world and picked up by someone called Peter Kloch, who's actually from uh, Hull University who did research on on leaders in the UK customs and excise field and identified um, a number of factors, um, which are called the four C's actually in this, in mental toughness, around um, how people actually perform in the business field and perform in terms of their leadership. So if uh, if you were one of those people that was sent on a uh, a, a leadership offsite, and you, had, you went to one of those outbound, um, you know, centres, and you know your your sacrifice. It turns out was worth it. That something positive has come out from that experience. Yeah, something positive has has come out of it. He was very popular as a field of activity back in in the nineteen nineties, mm. actually. And then what happened was a lot a lot of places said, "Oh no, that's not the thing to be used to try and develop people. We need to have things." And and it's quite true. We need to have things that are a bit more um, equality oriented because it's not for everybody out out there yes. in the in the tougher elements. Um, my, my curiosity in it is because I do have that background of the sports and the outdoor pursuits, um, and I. 
for quite a while, I drifted away from from using that in my leadership training. But mm. actually, more recently, working with uh, Talis uh, UK, for example, as a, as a leadership development consultant, we used it a lot in our leadership training. And I actually would say that it does really help to develop people's mental toughness. It's still appropriate. And I find a lot, a lot of leaders out there to still call for it, still enjoy it, mm. still like it. Because we have a thing actually in leadership development just today yeah. called challenge by choice. You don't actually always have to do all the activities. Whereas back in the 90s, it was a bit like, let's just beast you <laughs> yes. across the hills. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> now you can actually say no if you don't want to do it. It is yeah. okay to say no. <laughs> yes, yeah, excellent. As with uh, anything that um, you know starts in academia and then becomes kind of commercially available, there's, there's always a model um, that, that underpins it. So I guess there's a model that underpins mental toughness. What, what does that look like? Yes, there is there is a model that underpins it now, and it's very um, centred. It's, it's a nice model, quite easy to remember because it bases itself around what's called the four C's of mental toughness, which is confidence, control, commitment, and challenge. And uh, what each of these mean is things like um, for confidence, it's your your self awareness and your self belief, your personal confidence and your confidence in how you interact with other people. In terms of control, it's how much we are uh, we reveal our emotions in a stressful situation or a difficult, challenging situation, and how much we think we can shape the world and what's happening around us. Whereas commitment, which is more, is more about being outward focused, and it's how we respond to goals and targets. How do we stick at them? Mm-hmm. You know, do we persevere? And again, it comes from sports fields. If you think of that, if you want to be a top athlete, you, you know, you're never going to be a top athlete if you don't stick at things. So that's where the whole grit thing comes in, I guess. That's where the whole grit thing comes in, absolutely. And then um, challenge is the fourth one, and that's about how you see the world. And an important aspect of um, mental toughness is that it is your perception of the world around you. Um, Do you see the world in a positive way? Do you see the world with opportunities um, rather than threats? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a a huge mindset element, which which... you know, as they did the research on this in the sports field and then the outdoor field where they li- they linked up the physical performance with the mental performance. And then they went on to study about how we, you know, we can work on our mindsets to improve our physical performance. Long ago, mm. it used to be just get more physically fit. Then mental was added to it. And now we, we know in the business world, people have finally got really got the message that it's not just about you being physically fit to do your job. You need to you know, mental fitness as well. And and that's that right up to um, the royal family uh, talking about this, don't they? Yes. About mental fitness and leading their way with that. So there it's very a current very much current field of um study now in psychology. Yes, yeah. And uh when when did that whole kind of psychological part of of um competition come into sports? How how long ago was that now? Well <sighs> I think that's a very good question. Um, I can say, because um, I'll have to give away, won't I, a few things here. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of um, went to university um, back in the um, 80s, 1980s that is, not 1880s. <laughs> and I went to Loughborough University. Now, there they very much had, I did a degree in PE, sports science and recreation management. And part of that, um, we studied um, sports psychology. 
So it it really started to come through um, originally, you know, from the NHS back in the in the sort of 50s and 60s and then moved into sport in the 70s and really was picking up momentum in the 80s because it was it was still when I look back now, it was sort of early things we were studying there. But there was a growing field on the psychology of sport. And that's when 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 that all the two started to really become connected. And in, in terms of uh, actually applying this, I understand that there's a, a psychometric tool that's been developed to measure mental toughness. Um, yes. But before yeah. we get into that, and we will get into that, I, I think it, it's probably worth just describing for our listeners what, what a psychometric tool is and, and how do you go about using one of them? What's the benefit of using one? Yeah. So a psychometric tool is one of those lovely um Sort of to keep it very really simple, it's a questionnaire that's that's created by psychologists, and it's there. It, what happens is they design a number of dimensions to measure part of your personality, mm. um, and there these are often underpinned by something called the big um, big five or the five factor model, which talks about. Um, it's easy to remember the five factor model because you remember it by the um, acronym OCEAN. Yeah. So it's openness. Um, conscientiousness, extroversion as opposed to introversion, agreeableness, and that lovely one, neuroticism. Uh, those five dimensions of psychology—they, you know—they go right back to Jungian times, um, and they are used and pulled through into psychometrics. And from that, they design, depending on, you know, the organisation that's developed it, they will design things. So you get a whole range. Famous psychometrics out there at the moment are ones developed by the Oxford Psychology Press, which is things like Myers-Briggs type indicator Mm -hmm. or what's something called FIRO, which is a frequent interpersonal relations orientation uh, model. There's 16 personality factors. Um, and there's new organizations out there that use it and have evolved the five, the big five into eight aspects of personality and so on. And they, it's a, what they do is they design usually, there's about 140 odd questions plus in these things. They're quick answer things, you know, either or, and you're encouraged to answer them as you are at your most relaxed. You go through the questionnaire and then there's an that fancy thing, the algorithm at the back that pulls it all out into um, a series of statements and links them up because sometimes you're asked in these questionnaires, you might be asked um, a question one way and later on, 20 questions later, you're asked it another way because they they try to take, they take bias out of it. So the best psychometric tools take out bias or if you don't understand the question and these are all put in as weights and balances. So at the end, you get a fairly good picture of your personality um, in terms of, you know, how, maybe how you search out information, how you process information, how you make decisions, how you live your life. You know, are you someone who likes to uh, keep things open and go with the flow or do you like to make decisions quickly? There's so many, each model gives you a different readout. Yeah. And in more normal times, how, how would those psychometrics be applied in a business setting? Okay, so I've done, um, I've got about qualifications in eight different psychometrics. And over the years, I've seen them evolve and change, and I've used them in different ways. Hmm. Um, mostly used um, in leadership development programs, and they're used um, 
to help people understand um, them, themselves and understand what drives their performance because your personality preferences drive your behavior and your performance. And if it was in the mental toughness model I described earlier, it's around that confidence element. So know yourself, be self-aware, and then how do you understand others? And then how gotcha. do you adapt your approach to try and help others sort of improve their performance. Gotcha. So um, if I take one of these, uh, if I take a psychometric test in in mental toughness, it's going to tell me where I score versus a, a norm group uh, of, of, yeah. of the general population against control, commitment, confidence and challenge and probably broken down in a bit more yes. granular way. Yes. Um, so that kind of tells me, who who I am and how how I react to situations, but you, you're saying you can apply that to teams as well. I've taken previously used tools where you would just get a psychometric reading. You'd read the report yourself, and often people didn't do anything with it. Um, I've used uh, some of those tools for years to help people then say, well, okay, what's going to happen if person X over here behaves this way and person Y over here behaves in a different way. And we get people to discuss things and how their their psych, their output their and their personality preference makes them behave in a different way. And it's a bit like saying, um, so what? What's the impact of that on someone else? Now, some of the more sophisticated modern uh, psychometrics will actually uh, provide team profiles. So they will actually mm. show how everybody operates um, in what's called your normal everyday kind of preference or when yeah. they might maybe change their behavior when they work or how they operate under stress. And you see that happening for whole teams. So you, if you take a psychometric that you can put onto a whole profile picture and, and begin to understand the dynamics in a team. Yes, yeah, and and spot the the gaps as well. Where you know, if you you've got everybody thinking in a particular way, that that could be problematic. Yeah, because when it comes to problem solving, there is a way in which different elements of personality have strengths in different parts of a problem solving process. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing normally pro- problem solving, you come to a problem, you need to kind of break it down a bit. And then you need to like work on the problem and then you need to bring your ideas back together again. And that's the fundamental simple thing of problem solving. It's called divergent thinking and convergent thinking. And some mm-hmm. people think divergent, some people think convergent. And when oh, you yeah. look at the results from a psychometric, you begin to realize why when you come to problem solve as a team, people are pulling in different directions. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, they think differently. Absolutely. Yes. They think yeah. differently. Yeah. So yeah, which is fine. It's just how you organize that. And as long as the team members are aware of it and they play to each other's strengths rather than getting frustrated. So yes. I think we're, we're getting yeah. into some of this, how do you actually apply it to, to managing a crisis? So before, because we, we're, we're going down a particular path there, but just stepping back for a second, as if we look at this from, from that kind of 60,000 foot view, how can you apply mental toughness to managing a crisis? Where, where does it work? So if we're going back to the particular psychometric, which we and I'm sure we actually said the title of the one um, um, that I refer to around this, it's actually called Mental Toughness Quotient or MTQ48 is the one I'm talking about here. There's also one where you can find out more deeper detail called MTQ+. So what's if, the what does the 48 signify? So the 48 refers to within the MTQ um, questionnaire, there are 48 items which you answer 
which okay. they take about 10 minutes to complete. So it's not like a long, a long questionnaire to do. It's mostly completed um, in an online format um, and it features at the end, you get this sort of expert report that comes out that describes based against those 48 items, it okay. gives you a measure of your uh, mental toughness um, and wraps it up into the four C's. Oh, that's pretty detailed. Oh, it's it's been highly highly researched and 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 validated and used again as is, which is what these psychometrics do. They do a vast amount of research against large groups to make sure that they're not put any elements into it that are too extreme uh, mm. and cause again bias to come out. So it's very okay. detailed. Yes, yeah. So ideally, um, if you were heading into a crisis, you would have already done your MTQ forty eight, and you've got a good understanding of. How, yes. how you, yeah. uh, your level of mental toughness and where your strengths and weaknesses are and the same for your team. But, uh, you know, let, let's say you perhaps haven't done that um, at, at the get-go. Um, how, how do you kind of best practically apply this this kind of mental toughness to, to managing a crisis? So something that's very important, something I like about this model is it doesn't sort of, you know, just stop at your psych- the psychometric. It actually does take into consideration wider factors in your life. So your education, your experience, how you grew up, all those factors are all built in. And so when we're talking about a person um, approaching a crisis, we're talking about the whole person. It's mm-hmm. not just one element. It's not just their mind. It's also their mind and their their heart and how they approach a situation, their mindset when they go into the situation. Um, you might not know, as I often say, you might not know any of these things in terms of the structure I'm talking here, but everybody from the moment they were born has developed, started to develop their mental toughness. Um, resilience is a part of mental toughness, so quite quite early on children are quite resilient and well known for bouncing back Um, as they get older and they start to think a bit more they kind of take a dive a little bit sometimes take a bit longer but they do get stronger and stronger and young people's characters are developing all the way through to you know about the age 20 21 Mm -hmm. and some of their this main parts of the characters are developed very early in the you know in in not four or five i think they say wow but the one of the important things to know about the type of psychometric I'm talking about here is it talks about our personality traits being uh, plastic and their traits. So they do develop as we go through life and life um, affects us. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you hear people saying one, one of the dimensions in the, is extroversion and diversion. And they go, well, I was really loud and talkative um, um, when I was young and now I'm quieter. I've even seen people on LinkedIn and places like that say, I thought before before the lockdown, I was quite extrovert and I've discovered in all these webinars, I'm actually quite an introverted person. And that's a trait. So you're not either or, circumstances yes. in life do affect. So going back to your question, you know, it says people's mental toughness evolves throughout life and is affected by life experiences. Hence, in the model I'm talking about, there is an, a measurement looking at, you know, uh, some of your beliefs and looking at, um, the control element, how much do you think you can influence this, the world around you, and things like that. So it's not just an inner thing, it's an outer aspect too. So you you will you will all have, and everybody will have, a degree of mental toughness in a crisis. I yeah. think the one thing I'd add to this uh, from my military background, and, and, and is you often hear the phrase, things like emergency services people or military people, when they see trouble, they go towards it and not away yes. from it. And one of the things that's happening there is purely and totally their training kicking in. 
So they've they've gone through so much training to deal with emergencies that it becomes faster, and and they're able to tackle these crises where other people might take fifteen minutes to process a situation that have done it in a minute. Gotcha. And that's that's practice, 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 practice. So what I'd say is you can get better in terms of your mental toughness by coming outside your comfort zone and practice, practice, practice. There's an element of knowing yourself and and being able to uh, work on that ahead of a crisis. What about as you're in in the midst of a crisis? Well, what what are the what what are the lessons that you can learn from actually delving into that mental toughness piece, and how do, how do you apply it? Yeah. So when you when you get into the midst of a real crisis and you've rushed into that situation and you've acted, then so you know you may have a moment for your to look up and think, oh my goodness, there's so much more here going on than I realise, and then fear can kick in, and when we're talking about developing mental toughness, it is about the, the deeper elements of this are developing things like anxiety control, um, ah. helping with um, attentional control, helping with focus. It's that what literally sports people call it being in the zone. If you think of things like, you know, the, the kicker in rugby, who's mm. got that classic kick to win the World Cup, it's all down to that one person. They are completely... They're applying all the visualization, anxiety control, attentional control. They're applying all of that to make sure that they kick that ball between the posts. Gotcha. So um, it's it's about learning, again, through practice and understanding these techniques, how to really control. That's why I say control is also partly in a stressful situation, controlling things. So, Lucy, there's, clearly there's lots of different ways that you can apply mental toughness to a crisis we've just touched on quite a few there but what what are the top three takeaways that uh, you'd want people to 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 take from from mental toughness and applying it to a crisis so i think um the first thing would be is start to understand the subject of mental toughness what it's about and what its dimensions are then you know, in terms of developing your the first C in this, your confidence, is if you haven't ever taken a psychometric or um, there is the things there are things like the MTQ48 and other psychometrics, but it's taking something like that with a professional who'll give you feedback and help you to start to understand yourself. Yeah. Uh, is the first thing. And then it's a process of being coached then through the challenges that you might face as you're going through these situations. And I think the third thing that I would say is every thing you do is having that mindset that you're going into it to learn and it's like a like like the learning cycle you need to think about what you're going to do often in crisis we will act and then we'll think but the point is here we need to reflect and we need to look back and we need to learn and we need to think what I did well what I didn't do well and what I could do differently yeah. and think of it in terms of the mental toughness in terms of my confidence my control, that I lose my all my emotions in the middle of that, you know, cry all over the place? Or is it the commitment that I just lost the will to carry on, you know, yeah. or did I not really have the right mindset towards that challenge? So it's really quite interesting because what, what you're describing almost is um, having that kind of coaching as you go through a crisis. So, you know, it would yeah. be you know, sort of put, 
tennis players have coaches, there's golf coaches and uh, driver coaches in motorsport. And, you know, I, ideally it would be great if, if you were heading through a crisis for the first time and you'd not done any of this stuff, actually having that kind of structured support around you from people that have, have managed crises for a, for a living yeah. to, to give you that coaching and guidance as you, you, you step through it, that would obviously be quite helpful. Um, so an interesting concept, maybe we should look into that. Yes. Um, so if our, if our listeners would like to know more about mental toughness, where, where can they go? What can they do? How, how do they go about you know, learning more about mental toughness? Um, so we, are, we do run um, some webinars. Uh, we, we continuously run uh, one called Introduction to Mental Toughness, where that's, a, that's available, will always be available on our website. That's a free one to learn more about it and see the model. Um, if you then decide you like it, there's various options for signing up for several other. There's there's a, a virtual learning we run on mindset and emotional control. Another one on decision making under stress. There's one on performance and fear and fatigue. And then I have another one, on, especially at the moment, a brave new world, mental toughness, survival skills, which dives much more into the dimensions of positive thinking, visualization, anxiety control. Um, and that so we're running those at mm. the moment um and also you can visit the website if you wish to take a psychometric there's a whole page full of what they all are and what you can take and what they'll do for you so we'll, we'll put those links um to to the website into into the show notes so ha- have a look there or go to underscore hyphen group.com forward slash virtual hyphen training and you'll find a whole load of more information around uh, various virtual training courses there. So if you found this podcast useful, uh, please do uh, share it with your friends, uh, like, subscribe. Um, and uh, you know, when you talk to your friends, just tell them to find it wherever they normally find their podcasts. So thanks again uh, for listening this week. We'll have a bit of a ponder about whether we're going to do another one for next week. Um, maybe if uh, there's a particular area you'd like to know more about when it comes to crisis management, uh, please get in touch uh, either uh, via LinkedIn, so you can find me, Jason West, or Lucy Finney, or contact us uh, through our website. So thanks again for listening, and uh, we will more than likely see you next week. This podcast was brought to you by Underscore, the transformation capability specialists. To find out more, visit underscore-group.com. You can subscribe to the feed via your favorite podcasting app. You can contribute to the conversation via our WhatsApp group. And if you would like to feature in a future recording, contact us on social media to find out more. 